Aalto University Podcast. Oravan Pesa, the Squirrel's Nest Podcast. A gatherer of voices, a place to incubate and disseminate critical ideas. Knowledge uh, moves forward as it as it discovers. Never you know, something. understand me by just watching watching the photons that are being scattered. It was a challenge, and it it might be that there is no one application. Because someone has taken a decision. Everything is following very simple laws of nature. Sometimes the individual who is providing the the data. It's quite powerless. The research that is not visible because knowledge is knowledge. You cannot make a footnote this long. Like a meteor. The podcast brings forth a series of conversations held in Alta University around contemporary issues and the ways knowledge and practice are built for today and for the future. Our dialogues happen in Autonomy Campus inside the conversation room at El Bustamante's sound sculpture, and they follow through with the core idea of this artwork to ask. Why do we do the things we do? Tapping into stories and projects happening in Alto, the potential unraveled by academic work and the puzzling dilemmas that come with it, we want to deeply listen to the insights of researchers, artists, and students, and to their unique ways of searching for answers. This is The Squirrel's Nest, and I'm Maria Villa, your editor and host. In this episode zero, I'll be talking with curator Basamel Baroni, assistant professor in curating and mediating art of the Vika Masters in Alto. Senia Caverina, the curator responsible for exhibitions in Alto University, is also joining us as part of the Alto Arts and Creative Practice Initiative that supported this podcast to begin with. We discussed the original idea of Chilean artist Ariel Bustamante, bringing people inside his sculpture to have meaningful conversations. How might that idea develop further into larger discussions of academic practice while, at the same time, keeping it rooted in personal experience? Thinking of the squirrel that built his nest inside a conversation room that repurposed it as part of Otaniemi's natural environment in the winter of 2017, we will discuss what made this conversation room stand for in the middle of a science-designed, business-driven environment like Alto. What is the potential it creates as a site for public debate, a resonance box inside the university bringing in multi- and cross-disciplinary ideas? So what I thought originally uh, with the squirrel nest, going to this question of Ariel, why do we do the things we do? Mm -hmm. I would ask, like, how can we think of this? conversation room as a forum for transdisciplinarity or mm -hmm. as a public space. And I think, Basam, you've been discussing a lot about this idea of the public space and what this criticality in a larger forum should be and how art are, mm -hmm. arts are bringing in spaces or strategies for these kinds of discussions. Mm -hmm. So I was curious what you would have to say of this space mm -hmm. in that frame. <clears throat> I like I like uh, the contradiction of it being a um, a very insulated small space, <laughs> like that uh, in many ways um, uh, is quite infantile in a sense, right? And so it's like childhood, you know, the treehouse, um, the kind of escape from 
you know, the parents, you know, the, that's kind of that moment of, you know, kind of secrecy or your kind of private world, your imaginary world with all the kind of literature that, that <clears throat> kind of attaches itself to that kind of, um, that notion. Um, so in a sense, there's, uh, there's an escapism in, in the kind of very kind of mat material of this project in a way, I think, uh, which is quite interesting when uh, you kind of try and make that shift to that kind of public moment, right? Uh, through technology, right? Through the contemporary counterpart of the radio. It's not a radio. It's not something you kind of access just kind of haphazardly and pick up, you know, a random piece of information uh, as we used to do. Um, but something that you need, in a sense, it's already kind of um, programmed uh, and research-oriented before it's, it's put on air. And it's more like an archive, right? So been been here for the first time what interests me is this kind of strange contradiction between not i i don't think it's the con um, it's a contradiction between public and private because mm -hmm. that's i think that's also kind of like a cliche within artistic practice you know mm -hmm. like this idea of public and private i'm interested in the public and the private i think that in a sense those boundaries are much more fluid today um, and I think it's not interesting to talk of public and private anymore, but I think these aren't necessarily kind of contradictory notions, but um, there's something that um, I think they, they, in a sense, they're on, they're on two different registers, right? Mm -hmm. Like uh, one is kind of is about the public good, in a way, or the struggle for ways to kind of develop, you know, the, a discourse around the public good. Well, the other is kind of, in a sense, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's greedy. It's uh, in a good way, like it's greedy in a, in a kind of good way. It's, uh, um, it's, it's, it's about kind of, you know, forging that moment of uh, imagination that sometimes is actually kind of... Um, very helpful in one's progress uh, growing up, right? So yeah. that space of, in a way, it's like a thinking space. Uh, I think there's there's a lot of that in the original yeah. uh, idea of Ariel, uh, in the sense that we are so distracted, even, you know, grown-ups, not just children, but <laughs> we're so distracted by so many external factors. Yeah. I, I think that... He's, he wanted to kind of like shut down all the devices and to really listen to each other. Mm. So in a way, it's, it's, it's an escapism from the outside world, yeah. but at the same time, it's asking us to really be present. Mm. And that's where I find uh, very interesting that we would need this prop mm. to listen to each other. Yeah. What does it say about us? But beyond the public and, and private um, mm. division, um, what does it say about my, our ability to convey meaning to mm. each other and to really listen to each other? Mm. Mm -hmm. uh, and, but in, in that sense, I don't know if you would connect it in any way to the heterotopia. Uh, mm. Because it, you know, this special space where you can actually hold a mirror 
to your own practice, to the way you think normally in your daily life or, you know, this mm. place where you can look at practice or look at your uh, current activities with a certain distance mm. uh, and of also, you know, like as an environment, mm-hmm. as an institution, as an infrastructure for the production of knowledge mm-hmm. with a with a pinch of salt. Mm. It's uh, it's <clears throat> it's uh, that's interesting. I'm not sure if <laughs> I'm not sure if I would kind of you know rush to kind of give it the label of a heterotopia. But what this project is about, I think you know, like it's really about kind of reconfiguring the constraints of the larger institution. So whereas you know the larger institution, there's you know a certain kind of discourse around collectivity. Um, you know, presence, uh, there's a certain rhythm to it, there's a certain, you know, timetable scheduling and uh, a way of even articulation um, that I think shape its kind of, you know, elements of constraint. This is perhaps um, kind of has has different constraints that are totally... Um, kind of, in a sense, very, de- they're, I, mean, I don't know if they're totally different, but they're very uh, separate from the, the constraints of the large institution. And it has to do with scale, with, uh, I think, even now inside the space, it's uh, the materiality of it, you know, the 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 amount of air we have, you know, uh, all of that kind of uh, configures into a kind of setting up a different um not just atmosphere, but a different kind of uh, physical environment uh, that, in a way, um, um, whispers for a different type of, you know, politics in a sense, right? And I think that's what this project is about in many ways. I mean, that's the kind of, that's where its agency comes from. Uh, So I think that's... uh, that's how I, I'm not sure if this is a heterotopia or a utopia, but it's it's definitely a kind of you could think of it as a, a tiny little, you know, para institution. Yeah. So, what would you uh, say? Any uh, comment on this? How how would you see or describe your the way you have embraced this as part of the curatorial practice you're doing in Alto? Yeah, it's one of the spaces I'm responsible for in Alto. And, um, yeah, when we discussed this podcast idea happening in an artwork that was built to uh, be a public sculpture, was created to be a safe space for immediate discussions that would be immediately projected outside and now we are using it as a starting point for something new that then is processed because we still preserve uh, the role of tourists or the hosts in between this uh, moment when the conversation happened and then goes outside into the world. And it's interesting that uh, I mentioned this uh, metaphor of a treehouse because I was thinking about it as well. Mm -hmm. And I think many people have this... uh, idea of it being, in a way, a treehouse. Yeah. And it's in so many cultures, mm. uh, this uh, treehouse tradition is present for the kids mm. to <coughs> yeah, get out of the and go hide society and yeah. hide and play. But then 
I think also, as I saw the potential of a podcast to be uh, a chance to shed identities that are tied to certain disciplines because we invite here people who come from different disciplines. So our basic point, like our starting point, is actually a disciplinary division, but then we want to happen, uh, and then contrary to happen, we want something maybe unexpected to happen, but through a conversation, through a discourse. And as a curator, I'm interested in language and discourse, so I want to make it happen, and I hope that a magic will happen here, that this space is able to, like, it it will enable um, maybe some discoveries for the uh, for the people who are invited, but then also uh, projecting it onto the world outside. And maybe in this sense, it stops being this uh, moving house, and then yeah. <laughs> it becomes a <laughs> because yes, it a moving house. But then it will be like a um, platform for a rocket of yeah. ideas yeah. to launch into a bigger space. Yeah. Well, going back to the to the metaphor of the squirrel that uh, Ness said here, um, I was asking around uh, with people here in, in Finland, Helsinki, uh, what you know what they associated squirrels with, and there were many things that came up that are predictably so. But there was a, a scientist told me that uh, a biologist. Yeah, he said, "Well, they, they do have a reputation for, for um, forgetfulness because they they find the nuts, then they hide them, and they forget where they are." Mm. <laughs> and that made me think of the archive of uh, voices that this culture has been gathering, uh, and because the way it was designed, they would all go into this black box, and then you would have little bits and pieces of the conversations uh, um, broadcasted. But it's like we're finding these nuts, we're cracking them open, there's amazing things coming up, and then we forget where they are. We, we cannot access them anymore. Mm-hmm. So a little bit the, the the intention of the project is to is to have them, to, to provide that archive, to give mm-hmm. it, you know, a uh, whole to the public, mm. to whoever wants to listen. Mm. And I think that's a, an interesting, like, a twist or, like, a tweak of this, uh, or, or the original project mm. of um, the conversation room. Mm. Uh, and and I think it also puts the focus on what the role of art can be or should be in this larger environment that is alto. Mm. Where where business and science and technology design are so like they, they have this momentum you know, of development and there are so many things <clears> being yeah. uh, developed and researched and put in practice and into business. Mm. Uh, what is art producing in in here, or what is art reproducing, or how is it creating a space for a different view? I guess I, what I want to ask is how do you see this as part of a larger vision of critical curating. Mm. Yeah. I think what we are creating here is maybe it's not just to pronounce pronounce certain ideas, but it's to see how the space as a starting point can affect the conversation to open up. So mm. that's about the moment, of course, and it will be interesting to listen to this 
conversations uh, like five years after yeah. and uh, listen and see, yeah, how actually it will be. But uh, at the same time, I find that uh, working with people from different schools and auto university, um, like engineers saying that for them it's really difficult to approach art. They don't know. They don't speak the same language. They don't know how to talk about art, even if they might be curious about it. Um, maybe what we are trying to do is to find uh, words and... and ways to mediate uh, between yes, discourses also. Create, create a language. I'm curious to see what will happen. Yeah, let's see what happens. Yeah. Um, I think it, it... For me, it's also like... A, this common language is, is actually being crafted every time I sit with somebody here because they are coming from completely different disciplines that I have to kind of understand what their vision is and, and to find those common words mm. that can articulate uh, the, the practices we both do or, or other mm. practices in, in, in Alto. Mm. But what's interesting for me, many of the projects that we are considering bringing into this series of podcasts uh, have already that desire of looking beyond the boundaries of their own discipline mm -hmm. or the safe space of just uh, coming up with a project that is uh, mm -hmm. easy to develop and successful and sellable and uh, and they are going into difficult or different paths of the discipline, even ones that are challenging the discipline. So this, I hope to bring in voices that are already looking with uh, criticality into their own practice mm -hmm. uh, because you don't often see them. There's mm -hmm. very few people or very few chances of encountering these conversations. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, if you're in your own discipline, like just talking to the same community all the time. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm very curious to know how are different disciplines thinking of the artifacts that their disciplines develop mm -hmm. in a critical way. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, thinking of the squirrel again, uh, this this um, sculpture was built to be biodegradable, right. yeah. Uh, yeah. to insert itself into an uh, urban environment or a more natural environment like it, like mm. the campus is. Uh, but it was... But it was also kind of like a, a, a provocation for nature to break in. Mm. <laughs> um, the way it's it's just built such, in such a cozy way, uh, it's organic. This is a great place to make a nest. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted I wanted to think of that contradiction. You know, mm -hmm. art wanted to be there but not be destroyed just yet <laughs> mm -hmm. by nature. Um, how is alto thinking sustainability? And that's a question that cuts across all disciplines in many ways, not not just with environment, in natural environment, but with communities. How is alto uh, connecting with uh, social and community contexts and their issues? And how is alto bringing in political discussions? Mm -hmm. um, well, I mean, I, th I think, uh, yeah, I... Yeah, I think there's there's more than one angle we um, we can pick up on in, <clears throat> in this formulation of yours. You know about the um, 
the biodegradability and uh, at the same time uh, the idea of in a sense a kind of sustainability um, discourses around the bio, around biodegradability are facilitated by technologies uh, that are not biodegradable you know they're facilitated by uh, scientific discourses that are uh, that are in a sense at opposite or loggerheads of that question of biodegradability which makes the the whole thing quite complicated mm-hmm. and i think you know like um, that it's not this is not a contradiction in a way this is really kind of um has to do with how um knowledge uh moves forward um as it dec- as it discovers you know something that's useful at the same time it actually it could be kind of causing harm on another on another level and that's just the way knowledge is produced right mm-hmm. um and i think a lot of the politics within uh within an art world uh, let's say that that's kind of um marked itself out as uh, an art world that is good right that is essentially kind of uh kind and you know gentle um has to do with a certain type of uh activism that uh tries to um hide this kind of notion it tries to hide it or it tries to kind of say uh there can only be good right but i think that's 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 a central problem and i think that what's interesting about trying to kind of conceive of a politics within a university environment uh that is essentially kind of scientific in a in a way is to kind of think what kind of good is possible within structures of knowledge that are move forward with the good and the bad right they move forward by creating kind of um, you know sometimes by creating havoc unintentionally uh, always making compromises always making compromises and and art can't just be kind of like a mirror for you know like what's out there in the world it needs to have a constructive horizon in a sense right? like um and this constructive horizon has to do with reaching out to you know different models of knowledge different disciplines and um going there uh with the, with the intent of kind of like you know in one level the intent of kind of exploring things and experimenting with things but at the same time uh going there with certain political and uh, social commitments so i think it's um there's too many empty gestures uh within the art world and i think a politics is not about that a politics is about kind of building up um ways of uh and constructing ways of thinking the world uh and doing in the world being active uh indeed that uh, take into account you know certain limits certain constraints certain um 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 you know the the power structures um and the possibility of you know action within them and how to think that move that forward uh through dialogue and and uh and uh and uh, working together so i think that's uh i'm not sure that you know uh, the university has all of that 
as a kind of you know framework uh, in place, but I think it definitely offers a possibility uh, uh, for this uh, kind of to happen in a way. Yeah. I like the idea of um, I like the idea of um, kind of knowledge um, actually uh, not being organic in a way, right? Um, uh, of it, I mean, this is just a, it's it's a, of course it's not this is not a scientific uh, kind of you know proposition, <laughs> yeah. proposition. <laughs> but you know, like the idea, what I mean, like what is organic? I mean, knowledge is knowledge something that is uh, you know like a uh, like a meteor in a sense, you know, like that you know creates this kind of disturbance. Mm. Um, um, and then um, through a kind of, you know, uh, inorganicness, uh, in a sense, to the kind of current framework of things? Or is it something that grows uh, simply out of kind of, you know, society and uh, previous uh, discourses and conversations? Um, or is it rather a blend of both? And, uh, you know, I would say it's definitely a blend of both, you know, because language comes from societal structures. But at the same time, there's a certain uh, inventiveness uh, that, that you take on uh, and you kind of adopt with the language that you that you that society makes uh, that provides you and uh, kind of uh, grows upon you in order to uh, induce these kind of certain uh, moments of uh, fracturing or uh, rippling effects that, you know, produce more knowledge and, 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 and dig up more knowledge. And also speaking of the knowledge that we have, that we can dig out from the world and information that we get. And um, I'm really interested in decision-making and the basis for like, w why this scenario became possible and this one became impossible because someone has taken a decision. Mm. And even if the technology or knowledge might be something totally not organic, but the mm. decision still in many, many cases uh, rests with humans. Mm. And this question that the artwork is asking, why do we do the things we do? Mm. It's uh, it's really uncomfortable question but it's really necessary, and th this is the basis for criticality as I see it, why doing things. Mm -hmm. But then uh, we are inviting people here, we are providing this safe environment to then uh, see what happens. Um, going back to, to this idea of this uh, special environment that is created here for talking, uh, I would Lastly, want to um, touch upon a term that uh, uh, you included in, in one of your latest uh, paper that is connected to your dissertation. Mm -hmm. This um, immersive environment of implication. It, you mentioned it in connection to certain exhibitions that have mm. all this information, like mm. um, uh, presented to people in a way that they people need, need to be um, challenged or. Um, Mm. feel implicated mm. into a topic. But I was thinking it for this other completely different mm -hmm. uh, environment where there's no information other than what you bring in, 
Mm. And the questions you're faced with and this moment of stopping and saying, okay, why do I do this? Mm. Why, do, why do I think like this about mm -hmm. my practice? Mm -hmm. um, and what does that have to do with the conditions for transformation, for, mm. to think differently mm. after you're confronted or after you are like thinking twice mm -hmm. your own habits or the way you're like just proceeding because the rush of your schedule calls for just quick decisions and mm. the, the important questions are never the urgent ones. Mm -hmm. Never felt like the urgent ones. But I think this environment, what, what it creates, this uh, sculpture, is this sense that uh, those questions are urgent mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. You know, the questions of your motives and what yeah. you're really looking for when mm -hmm. you work or what you expect from your practice. I agree. I mean, there's a, there's, there's, a, there's a certain vulnerability, of course, you know, that, that's, that's in here. I mean, like, I, um, I'm, I'm here, you know, I haven't prepared, you know, my academic paper with the references and, you know, double-checked, <laughs> double-checked everything to kind of sound uh, super kind of constructed and uh, mm. uh, just talking here in... I'm not really in control of the kind of the environment. It, that kind of vulnerability of kind of um, being, um, you know, being on the threshold of being exposed or, you know, uh, being on the threshold of being completely wrong and um, saying nonsense, I think is, is a very important part of dialogue, right? It's very, like that's, That kind of, it's a very important part of, you know, human, any real dialogue, like is, is that's not just kind of, you know, uh, at a surface level that, that goes into, you know, using the metaphor of depth, it's just a metaphor, but using it that goes into a deep level, I think is, um, it's important that it goes to those, it reaches those kinds of moments. Um, and I think that's, that's, Those moments are important for um, self-correction, self-transformation, self-discovery. But at the same time, there are those moments also where um, where the possibility of kind of moving forward with a discussion into new and interesting areas happen. And I think that's exactly what we don't have in a lot of um, And a lot of uh, kind of contemporary, you know, public spheres. Uh, I also think that uh, the difference from podcast, uh, difference of a podcast from the conversations that initially conversation room was built for, is that there will be a public uh, component because for the conversations that happened here, like in the sauna, you just talk about something. And then you you don't really discuss it after like you leave sauna, that's the that's the culture and like you might never talk to this person you mm. might not go back to this conversation mm. at all. Yeah, what what what's this, talked about in sauna stays in sauna. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But in this case, when uh, uh, when we are acting as a yeah as a <laughs> editors of the uh. conversations and then this decision of what is to go out in the world 
uh, and also the responsibility of this decision it rests with the with the editor with the mediator in this case mm-hmm. which is yeah again back to decision making mm-hmm. yeah it's a, it's a tough challenge and there there will be compromises <laughs> mm-hmm. um but it's also a fascinating thing to 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 listen to what is uh, what's coming up in these conversations and try to make sense of a thread It's also a process of curating, like to, mm. mm-hmm. no, absolutely. to find the the common thread and how things connect with, you know, things have been said in different moments by different people. How do they connect in a meaningful way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We will see uh, <laughs> what happens. But I, I, I also this has this is a resonance box in a way. Mm. We're just making it resonate further. Well, I think um, that may be a good way to wrap it up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, uh, mostly I would like to thank you both for being here, but also for supporting the project in a larger scale. Uh, and you have been two great supporters of it. So uh, thank you, Maria. Like thank you for that. This podcast is possible thanks to the support of the Art and Creative Practices Initiative in Alta University. Special thanks to Ariel Bustamante and Alta Studios 